welcome. Thanks for tuning in to the McNuttiest Podcast. I'm Chris McNutt, and welcome to the very first episode of McNuttiest Podcast, Ichiban, episode number one. So let's get a few things straight here. This is, without a doubt, the most freaky, weird, totally lit time to be alive in human form in the history of humans in the history of this entire planet. There has been some weird moments. There have been floods and there have been wars, but nothing compares to the early 21st century of being a human. It is going on in every direction we look. The joint is totally lit and you sort of knew it when you popped into this incarnation. We all did. We were sitting on the other side. We're coming in. We know it's going on. This is it's kind of like playing in the Super Bowl or you're in a gold medal Olympic final in some sport. That's what it's like to be alive here. If it's fear you want, you can be as scared as you're ever going to be at this time. If it is excitement, if it is growth, number one, it's happening right now. The veil has thinned information, codes, downloads, activations coming at us through all directions. Understandings have broken free from traditional lineages of the past. It is exploding out in every single direction. And um, I personally find it fascinating to talk to my fellow humans at this time because that's how this manifests. There is nothing really going on on a collective level outside of the individual experiences we are all having at this point in time. And it is incredibly diverse. I'm constantly blown away by the directions that people are exploring human consciousness and where it's going and its potential. So... Stick around, folks. McNutty's podcast is here for you. It's here for us. It's here for the collective. And I'm super stoked to have as my first guest an old friend, Ruth Lira, who is an energy healer, meditation teacher. She's an author of a book uh, entitled Walking the Soul Path, An Energetic Guide to Being Human. And if any of you folks have somebody in your life or have ever met somebody out in the middle of nowhere for no reason at all, and then they end up being a significant person in your life for many, many years, it's pretty likely it's not the first lifetime you are meeting that person. You just had to hook up that way because it kind of had to be a little obvious that, you know, this isn't a coincidence that this is happening. I got a handful of people in my own life I can point to with that experience. And Ruth is one of them. We met in a little town, northern Canada, near Alaska, Atlin, BC. Google map that sucker if you're not sure. It was just the tiny town of Atlin. We were 25 kilometers south of town at uh, a friend's I had been living there for a couple years, a friend's farm. Ruth showed up fresh off the plane from Ontario with a shaved head, 18 years old. She left her family with a one-way ticket, ended up volunteering to work on my friend's organic farm. And 25 years later or so, I have watched her blossom into a mother, a homesteader, grew a lot of her own food. Uh, homeschooled her kids. Uh, she's become a very skilled uh, meditation teacher and energy healer and author. And she works with people all over the world in her professional practice. Um, she has a wonderful home where I hang out often because there's always tasty food on the stove and just a welcoming vibe for myself and many other people uh, Ruth carries herself with, um, there's a lifetime of bodhisattva vows of compassion and love for her fellow humans on their journey and the struggles that we go through and where sometimes we just need some loving kindness and some support and Ruth in both her professional life and in her 
private life provides that for many, many people around us. So please welcome to McNuttius Podcast, episode Ichiban, Ruth Lira, Energy Hila. of your energy body yes always isn't that <laughs> wouldn't that be the answer always can you always feel the you like you ruth lira energy healer can are you always connected to say your energy body i i don't know i think i can make a choice to but i don't think i right, always but am sometimes you tune out Yes. Sometimes you tune out. Absolutely. Okay. So is that good advice then for other people? Just like be connected to your energy body, but sometimes just, just freaking tune out. Yeah, absolutely. I had a um, client ask me one time, she was like, what should I do to relax? Like, should I meditate more? Or what should I do? I was like, or have a glass of wine and watch TV a little. She was like, really? I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's good. It's good. It's the prescription, the prescription to healing. Just watch some Netflix. So Ruth Lira, energy healer. Is that uh, an identity you have? You know, some of us are, you know, I'm a certain profession. Like, do you find you carry yourself in the world with that? Like, yeah, that's what I am. I'm an energy healer. I try not to. It would be my, it would be my preference not to, but it's like... It's such a beautiful opportunity. Like when I'm able to use energy healing as an option and help people, like it's just, I'm so grateful. It's so incredible. But no, you, I don't really want to walk around feeling like an energy healer all the time. Right. You wouldn't, if, if there was a special thing like doctor that you could put in front of your name that would tell people that's what you are, you wouldn't do it. It's like... It's just a costume. It's just like one character. Like there's lots of parts of me and there's lots of parts to everyone. And maybe one day I'll never play the character as energy healer. But sometimes one of the characters I play is energy healer. It's a nice one. And if you're looking into the eyes of a young girl or a young boy and they're saying, God, you know, maybe I want to be an energy healer when I grow up. How would you describe it to them? Like it's career day and you go into your daughter's class. I know it's a secret wish of yours that never happened that they pull in the energy healer mom. Um, yet you're there and, you know, the kids walk up to the table and they say, hey, what's it like to be an energy healer? Yeah, I would say it's a it's a good option. I would like I would recommend it as an option for something for someone young to explore as a career option. What would I say it's like? It's like very intimate. It's very very intimate. You get to be very intimate with people. You're in their energy. You get to be very important to people. You get to do something very special and it comes with all those responsibilities. That you know somebody's energy and they have their ups and downs and you're part of that part of your life. So it's a very uh, intimate profession, in my opinion. So you as someone who is, you know, in people's energies, often you spent, how many sessions do you do a week, generally? Uh, these days, maybe four or five, but I've had it in my life that I've done 10 or 15 in a week before. And that, as you said, it's a very intimate experience. You've described it to me before as like, you're really there with people. You, you, it's everything from the joys to their like absolute darkness and everything. And you're, you're a part of it and you experience it. You know things about them that they've never told anyone and they didn't tell you. And like sometimes in the first, you know, five or 10 minutes, they get it. They're like, holy crap, she sees it all. And it, and they just have this moment where it's like, well, it's cool when you see someone embrace it. Like I had a session really recently where the person just suddenly in the first 10 minutes was like, oh my God, I have this opportunity with someone who sees all of that. And he like jumped on it. And he's like, you're going to take me all the way through this and we're going to look at everything. And I was like, yeah. And he was just like, 
all right. And then sometimes you get someone that gets a little scared and they're just like, holy crap, you know? Yeah. If we go see a doctor or a dentist or any other lawyer, professional person, you tell them the little story of that part of the world. I mean, a dental hygienist looks in your mouth and they know you know, you can't bullshit them. You can't say, they say, do you floss your teeth every day? And it's like, oh yeah, yeah, I do. They just like, no, you don't. I could see all, <laughs> right? Those freaking gums and the plaque on the plaque line. Um, so you're a dental hygienist on steroids. I'm a dental hygienist for your chakras. I'm seeing something, yeah, that that uh, gives a lot of information, you know, and um, tells a lot of stories and I relate to it uh, on another level, maybe that you haven't thought about it, you know, what's going on in your life. I'm telling you like the energy story of what's going on. And that energy story might not even just be this life. Oh, I mean, not, it's never, it's never just this lifetime. It's layers, lifetimes, plural. Yeah. I mean, okay. In your energy, it is 100% always lifetimes, plural, I can't say in an individual session that might be what we're healing or what we're talking about. But yes, in the energy, always. Describe what it was like then and this journey as you became an energy healer and you went, oh, holy shit, I can, I have this intimate reading experience with others. What was that like as then you did that with yourself or did you do it with yourself? Did the intimacy and the perspective you had on your own energy, what was that journey like? You know, what I remind anyone who works with me is that I'm exactly the same as you. So, you know, the things that are the most important in our energy, like our, like our, I guess I want to say our purpose or like things that are important to do or changes that are important to make that our energy is trying to kind of channel us in that direction. We have great resistance to that's where the past life stuff comes in. We have our fears and our cautions and our hesitancy. So I am 100% the same. I see something in my energy and kind of know it's the calling and I resist, resist, resist. And I have to go through the same things. Life has to like, make things unbearable for me until I make the change. And so, you know, what I tell my clients is I only give difficult homework. I only give difficult homework. I don't give easy homework. So you come see me for a session and I say, here are the things I see you should do in in your energy. And they go, that's really hard. And I go, exactly. Like I'd only be giving you difficult homework. So my journey was a lot like that. Actually, that I was really being given the guidance that I should do healing and like write a book and do these things. And I was completely resisting. I mean, I was doing a little bit, but I hadn't fully embraced it. And then I had a health scare. And like right after I had the health scare, I walked out of the doctor's office and I just kind of heard or felt, okay, I got to do it. Like, like this is, this is a wake up call. Like this is life saying you're not on your path. And the moment I walked out of the doctor's office and thought, okay, I, I got to do it. I just felt like my whole vibration change. Like I just felt this instant change. And I went into my office at the time where I did do sessions, but I hadn't like fully given myself over. And I lay on the massage table myself. And I spent 45 minutes uh, clearing my own energy, specifically where the health issue was. And I had never done that before. And then it was like this breakthrough moment where it was like, I got to teach other people how to clear their own energy. Like I should teach people that. And I went, I don't know, like a month later, I had to go to the hospital to have like the biopsy for the health issue. And they're just like sticking a needle in your neck and it's really awful. And I was just lying there thinking like, they're not healing me. They're never going to heal this issue. Like the doctors aren't saying, oh, we could actually like, heal this. It's like, we can do a biopsy and we can give you some pills and then we want to do a surgery. But no one once said, oh, we could actually heal the issue. And I just thought, well, that has to be an option, you know? And so I just started experimenting more and more with doing healings on myself. And then I wrote about them and taught other people and yeah, I kept going that way. And has your energy body felt more peaceful, more aligned since you kind of made that shift? 
Well, it's, yeah, it, you know, well, I'll tell you a cool story what happened. So same at that time, I had two friends that were healers, more advanced than me. And both of them did work on me around that time. And then, and they're both people who are clairvoyant, who like see energy fields. And then um, I lay on the massage table. I did that 45 minutes of healing on myself for the first time I'd ever done it. And the next day I went to a yoga class and they were both there and they were walking around me. They were like doing these loops around me going, oh my God, she did it. She did it. She did it. Look, she did it. Like, I was just like, what? They're like, it's gone. It's gone. And then, um, Damn, I went, it's just, just knowing that those people are in the world, you know, that you can't, you can't hide from them. Oh, they just see your energy field. I got, I got narked by my first yoga instructor when I was 19. Cause I was coming to class you know, stoned me and my friend would just smoke up before class. And she, she just kind of called us out in front of the whole class and said, yeah, for those of you that are like smoking marijuana before you come, like I can see it in your energy field. And we're like, Oh fuck. We just got aura narked. Yeah. But these people, yes. and you said these people, your friends saw that in you. Yes. And then when I went to the doctor, it came back negative from the biopsy. And so, you know, you don't know, like, if I hadn't done the clearing on myself, would it have come back positive? Like, you don't know, but there you go. And how long did it take you to write the book after that? That's such a good question. I've lost track of time. After that, I really, I, I, I don't know the order of things. I wrote a whole online school. I started a whole online school on Thinkific. And I did all the chakras and I had people sign up and I put all the guided meditations on there. And then I wrote the book and then it turned into the self-healing community, like the book self-published, but I called it like the self-healing community press. Like I was really into this. Uh, yeah, I was into teaching people how to do self-healing uh, on themselves, which is really, I mean, it's visualization and intention, you know, it's, it's directing your mind. And so it was a continuation of, you know, my interest in meditation and this interest in can you teach yourself, train yourself to direct your attention anywhere you want? And it's very powerful. And then can you direct your attention to healing yourself? And now, Ruth Lyra, Energy Hila, 2021, what part of all of that journey are you sort of focusing on yourself and with clients? Where is it kind of like settled out to? That's a great question. In the last few years, my focus has really been on like surrender and trust of like letting go of the ego and letting go of being ego driven. And so. So previously when you were, there was, there was more of an element of that. You were kind of coming third chakra kind of ego zone was being applied to this, even though it was healing and it was, you know, you did a lot of meditating, you're a meditation teacher and, uh, but you felt it was coming from that place, the motivation. There was a lot of ambition and I have a lot of compassion that I was trying to solve a whole bunch of situations. I mean, I had bills, I have kids and my ex and I had built a big expensive house and bills had to be paid. Money needed to be made. I didn't want to go back to a regular job. I was enjoying working for myself and doing something that really excited me about it. I was passionate. So I was like driven to make programs and write a book and do something that paid the bills. I was also... And do you think that that energy of that kind of... Um, how did that sort of... I don't want to say taint it, but how did... How was that enmeshed in it? How, what flavor did, did, did the work you were doing sort of have a flavor coming from that ego ambition or, Hey, I got to pay the damn bills on this. Or did you find the work was still kind of pure and, and the, and when you were, when you were actually doing it? I'd say the shift in the last few years, actually, it's funny. I was just really thinking about this yesterday is I really thought it was coming from me. Like I really thought it was like. I am the healer. You know, if we back up, I became quite obsessed. I don't know, maybe around the time I was 30 with just this feeling I had to do something that helped people. Like it was like an insane drive. Like it haunted me all the time. Lifetimes on that Bodhisattva vow. Yes. So it drove me. And so 
I did have like an excitement that I'd found something and excitement. And it was like such a relief to be out of a little bit. I'm going to use a strong word agony of like, what is the thing that I'm going to do to help people? Like that agony went on for so long and I was starting to get proficient at something like energy healing. I was seeing results in myself. I was really seeing results in people. They were saying, thank you, Ruth. You've helped me in ways no one else has helped me. Thank you for the book. I read it. It was so great. Like people were saying, this helps me, you know? And it was like, I was, I was writing a lot for Elephant Journal. I was getting like people around the world interested in the material saying, thank you. So two, a few things were being solved. Like the agony of like, what is the thing I'm going to do to help the world had gone down. And that was like such a relief. I was paying some bills. I was doing something that really interested me that like had my attention and I found interesting. But if I look back to writing the book, that's probably the first time I became really aware that I wasn't driving the show, that there were other energies running the show. So I lived in the woods and I was walking every day through the boreal forest. I think on some of my social media, I still have like boreal forest loiterer, like as my like what I do. Because it's just a lot of walking around the woods and listening. You know, the meditating had quieted down and I would just be quiet and listen. And I was being instructed, go write the book now, go write the book now, go write the book now. Like it was just like constant. And I was resisting. And then I heard just take just take the articles that you've already written for Elephant Journal and just make a book of essays, I heard them say. Whoa. And I went, oh, I could do that. So I go and I like cut and paste all the articles and I make a book of essays. And then I go back in the woods like two days later and I hear, no, no, now edit it. And I was like, I was kind of like, screw you. Like they were, I was like, you guys are like playing me. Like, you know, because I was resisting so much. Oh, spirit guys, they are tricky mofos. They and got, they got, they coming at you from all kinds of places. They know your weaknesses. They do. They've studied you. And I was like, are you serious? They're like, yeah, yeah, just give it a little edit. And I started to start editing it. I start, there's chapters and themes start forming. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm writing a book. And then a few days later, I go in the woods and I hear the book's called Walking the Soul Path, An Energetic Guide to Being Human. And I'm just like... F you. That's a big book. Boring. Well, it wasn't like I thought it was boring. I was just like, that's like a big title, you know? And you got an ambitious guy. Yeah. That's, you, as you said, you got this ambition thing and uh, come, yeah, they're, they're ambitious in there too. Well, so the we started on this because the question you asked was, where do I think I'm going now? And now I would tell you, like, I just really don't know. Like, I've just been working on trust and surrender. Like, at this point... The bills get paid every month. You know, people book sessions. I get little thank yous that your work has helped me. Like it just happens, you know, and it's just like, I don't. Yeah. So now, now it's like a different direction. So. Cause you've hit the sweet spot. I hope so. Well, that's what they've been. They, the infamous, they, the teachers, the guides, the sages, you're so in I, surrender zone. I, I can only assume in my future there's more service. I can only assume there's more writing. Like now it's more like I just assume them. But you are but is the agony gone? As you said before, you oh. had this agony for this drive because you needed to know what you were going to do. And now that you're just in surrender and trust zone, what's the agony level? Yeah, like the agony it? level really is gone. But I do get gone or just dialed back? It's pretty low, but you know what? I thought it was low a year ago and I thought it was low two years ago and then it gets lower and lower. So Whoa. if it's going to be lower than this, that would be cool because this is pretty Got low. The limbo bar, the agony yeah. limbo bar. How low you just can we go? just keep going lower and lower until you're, you're just, the agony limbo bar, they just lie it on the ground and you just don't care. That sounds great. Now it's more like curiosity. Like now I'm just like, oh, I'm so curious. Like what other things am I going to do? Playful curiosity, that's that's a catchphrase of the moment. Just just do that and it takes care of itself. So that's a good report. Got playful curiosity, surrender, trust. Don't really care what's going to come in your way. I do not have a business plan. I don't have a five-year plan. I don't have some feeling like as an energy healer, this is what I'm going to be. It's just like, here's a conglomerate of things I've developed in my life and I'm super curious how they'll be expressed. Authenticity is seeping its way in. 
I, it, that's even curiosity too. Like I'm like, mm. I'm, I'm curious to see what's the next authenticity, you know, like I don't even know that. So trust, surrender, letting go, you know, I think how it's 2021 COVID's taught us a lot about that, right? Just, hey, you think something's going on. You think this is happening in your life. And now there's been this shift. Do you, what's your sense of that going on in the collective and sort of like the wider sphere? You deal with a lot of people. You talk to a lot of different folks who are like on the journey, on the path, doing the work, that sort of thing. What's your, uh, if you have to take the pulse out there, where are people at with this sort of thing? It is like a tremendous opportunity if you're willing to harness it. Like what COVID has done is it took like a whole bunch of options off the table. Like I'm not just going to a music festival. Like I'm not just getting on that plane. Like I'm not just doing that. And if like for me, it ended up being like such a relief, like just a million options were off the table. And it was like, awesome that I'm just going to meditate more and clear more energy and go in more. And it was just like a thank you. Like, cause it's hard not to be like, but maybe I can go on this trip or maybe I should go visit family or maybe I should move to a different town or maybe. And suddenly that was just gone. It was like, Oh, the only thing there is to do is go in more and, and watch Netflix. They go good together. And so I did have the gift of, I, I taught a lot of meditation before COVID. And then I taught the most meditation I've ever taught since COVID I got. Was the, were the class sizes bigger? Was there more of a kind of a hungry clientele audience for the meditation? The registrations were very high. The attendance, not so much, but the people who did attend committed at a level I've not previously seen people commit. I think it was kind of like, Everyone was just running around. Remember before COVID, people were just like, you go to work and then after work, you go to an activity. Then you go have dinner. Then you do like. And if you got kids, you got to drag your kids to three or four activities in between your activities or. Yeah, yeah. you're just running around. So people would come to my in-person meditation classes, but it was just like another check on their day. And they'd sit and they'd listen. And then they wouldn't really do the practices at home and they wouldn't really. Like I started to get a little, not fed up, but I started to get like really strong with students. Like on the first week I started to say, you guys signed up for this class. Like you signed up for meditation because something was wrong. You signed up because you had anxiety. You signed up because things felt out of control. Like why would you sign up for a meditation class if you were feeling good? You signed up because you weren't feeling good and you thought this would help. So like freaking go home and do it. Like why'd you sign up? Like I was starting, I didn't mean to be rude. But I was trying to like give them a push. When COVID hit, people were so anxious, like now so anxious, and they wanted relief so bad that they would even do the meditation, right? Because it was just like, I, if this could possibly work, I have to do it. I'm so anxious. So people, my classes, the discussions got so deep, and people just like were practicing every day and like really getting the material and going like really far with it. it you know, I, you know, Chris has heard me complain that I got exhausted with it, but also at times it was like, I was like, these are some cool classes, like compared to what I was teaching before. So yeah, I just kind of kept telling everyone that, um, it was a great opportunity. So your meditation clients, the students, they're, they're, they're digging in COVID's hit and everyone's like digging in what, um, did you get a similar sense with your, your energy clients? Did you see an uptake in, you know, your services or was it the same thing where people digging in on a, on a deeper level when they're engaging you that way? You know, I had a nice shift this year that I um, ended up taking on like some students, like some mentees. And so I, you know, if you ask about kind of where I am career wise, or where I'm going with Energy Healer, I had a nice little shift this year where I was like, oh, I've kind of moved a little bit into specialist. Like I've kind of moved into like this bigger view. And so um, I don't know if so much like clients um, dug in more sessions. You know, sessions are the normal. People are going through a divorce. People want to have a baby. People have had a miscarriage. People want to make a career change. People, somebody's died. Like human life is really tough. And so 
to come and have an hour with an energy healer where they can look at the energy with you and clean it up with you. You know, if I run into a friend in the parking lot at the grocery store and they say, oh, Ruth, I've been thinking about you lately. I go, oh, I'm so sorry. Is everything okay? Because people think about me when times are hard, right? Like, and so I'm so happy I can help them. So sessions are about the same because you're going to pay money to come see an energy healer. You come when things are tough. And that's what I'm here for. Are you seeing people kind of like digging in deeper? I mean, you know, to take it to another place where we're living in a time where people say the Earth's energy field is vibrating at a higher rate. We're getting downloads, galactic activations. I mean, there's all these kind of words and phrases and terminologies and people are having experiences um, that you know, they never knew were possible before. Are you, uh, are you seeing that with the people you interact with? Yeah, I definitely have. So I have kind of like a little community of like ener- people who do energy healing and students who I help who, who want to have healing practices and just people interested in these topics in general. And you're noticing a shift. I notice overall energy fields. People of- are saying, I get the notes and I do have people booking sessions just saying, I'm feeling weird. I feel spacey just suddenly in the middle of the day. I'm so spacey or I'm falling asleep. I feel tingling just coming through. I kind of researched it. It's something about ascension or it's something about 5D. I heard maybe you can help me. Yeah, I definitely have people contacting me like that. I get little notes in different energy groups, just like anyone know what's going on. I've just felt so weird the last couple of days and I wonder what's happening. So definitely, I mean, I find that interesting that it's not from an intellectual place. Like I think the world is changing. It's like, I'm feeling I'm it. feeling it. Which as they say, that is the ascension that's taking place. We're kind of moving from that third chakra, willful energy place into your favorite zone, the heart space, but where the feels are and that we're, de- in- we're starting to learn how to interact with this experience, uh, you know, from that more visceral feely kind of Well, way. it's another reason I've had to do so much surrender because I'll just have days where it's just so feely, like that's all I can do. Ruth has a hammock on her porch. And now that the weather's nice, you spend, you spent a couple of years in your hammock feeling the, feeling the, what's it been like for you? As I say, you deal with clients, they're coming to you, but what's your experience been? Things coming in, activating downloads to use the parlance of the day. It's a good question. I haven't described it that much. It's very visceral. Sometimes it's physically painful. Like sometimes it's pain in different places. It will be like a static coming into the head where it's just like really, really um, thick or like the energy feels really thick. And I think when it really started a few years ago, you know, Yeah, like, you know, at first it scared me. Like there could be like, especially like at a full moon or something, like just five hours where I was like paralyzed, just like five hours. And it's like, you know, I just can't move. And And you weren't passed out drunk or had had 19 gummy bears. Yeah, I had no, I had no substance. And to go from being a very ambitious person, like I had these two little kids I homeschooled. I was on like three boards of directors where I like ran organizations and I grew all my own food and I started a business. Like I would do a million things in a day to go to, I actually can't get up right now and empty the dishwasher. Like I can't, I cannot physically make myself get out of bed and empty the dishwasher. And it's just like the stark difference. I've been having naps. Like I've never napped before. I've napped. I've had a a lifetime of napping, but the naps I have now are just like, these are naps of another dimension that just come over me in the middle of the day. And it's like, holy shit, where did I just go? Or sometimes I feel like it was like, wow, I've just slept four hours and look and it was like, that was 15 minutes. And it just like threw me into some deep pit of nap. And yeah, 
it's not just COVID. It's not just the inertness of people just lying around and maybe being a little more low energy. There's, there's more to this thing going on that we call the ascension energies of the 21st century. Yeah. And for me, it links back to evidence. Like we had a little discussion earlier about like the low agony level. So now I'm like, okay, like now when I feel it, come on, I'm not like excited. Like sometimes it can be uncomfortable, but I'm just like, yeah, I'm in. Like, okay, we're going to have some like ascension energies come through and I'm going to have a little nap and I'm going to be kind of spacey. There might be some little pains here and there. Might clear some trauma, might get through some past lives or who the hell knows. Bring it on or whatever comes, the curiosity. You have to be, the, the place I would tell people to be careful is giving it too much meaning. Like to get really like what happened there as I cleared a past life or what happened there. Like just to trust, like this is what I'm talking about, the trust and surrender. Like we have to kind of trust that these energies are benevolent, you know, and they're, and they're coming through and, and people that, that one's hard for people. Do you think it's all benevolent energy, so to speak? I mean, people talk about all things. There's, you know, reptilian overlays and there's all kinds of distorted, not so nice energies that are afloat out there in the solar system galaxy planet. What's what's your take on it? Do you think this our evolution process is generally a positive exploration and growth in that direction? I think there's very dark energies out there and if and the teachings the same, like stay in the love, stay in the light, make the love and the light bigger then the darkness, and you kind of ride it out. Yeah, I've I've lay there and had the dark energies come and felt the attacks, and it's it's the same as COVID. Like embrace that as an opportunity. Awesome. Okay. Like I'm gonna pump up the light. I'm gonna pump up the love, and just make. It, and this is a moment to learn how to do that. So we're in the process of countering the shadow, the darkness, by pumping up the light, and now. You know, it brings to mind spiritual bypassing, which is another hot topic of the day. Thou shalt not. If Moses came down now, his 11th commandment would be, thou shalt not spiritually bypass. So what you just described, what's your take on spiritual bypassing and just that strategy there that you described? Are you running away from the darkness? What's what's the difference there? Well, I'd be curious what your definition of spiritual bypass is. I'm not very evolved or it's like, you know, think I'm of, not an evolved being. Okay. Well, just think of the word. I like to like picture it. Like think of the word bypass. It's like, you know, a bypass is like taking a different route, you know? So it's not like avoid the darkness. Like you still got to go right through it, but don't let the egoic mind make a story about it, you know? Yeah, don't identify with it. As you know, like I spent a lot of time crying. Like like I'll see the darkness and be like, wow, that really hurt. That really hurt my feelings. There's a real pain there. And I'll just like have a really big cry. But then I really watch my mind and don't go, that person betrayed me and da-da-da-da-da-da-da. I just go, wow, in that moment that hurt oh my God, I can't believe I went through that. And I, you know, and I just feel for myself and go, that was really hard. And then I go, what do I want to do with it? I'm going to add some love. I'm going to add some love. So I'm totally with the hurt and with the pain. I'm not going around it, but I'm not entangling it. And I'm not, so, so if I've had on another dimension level, dark forces come, I don't try to go, is this reptilian? What type of darkness? I go, wow, this is scary. There's darkness right now. Like I'm looking it straight in the eye. And then I bring more light into my aura, more love into my aura and go, I'm aware there's darkness here right now, but I'm not, oh my God, a darkness came. Oh my God, da, 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 da. It's so scary. It's like, it's just part of the world. There's some darkness here right now, but I can, I can bring more love and light in. I've been exploring sort of that, as you described, like bypassing and spiritual bypassing, so to speak. I think 
I'm noticing now how much as just a strategy of my whole life, you just don't deal with something like something doesn't feel good. And God, I smoked cigarettes for years. Just give me a smoke. Uh, watch some TV, get high, get drunk, like do something, go call a friend, go have some fun, you know, like not really like meet it head on, like really just try to avoid it. And, um, yeah, never really called it spiritual bypassing. And, and I would, it was just like, that was just habit. That's just natural human habit. I'm just not dealing with this shit and didn't even really notice I was doing it. And then it just builds up over the years, over the years, you got weird pains, traumas, all this sort of stuff. And, it, and, uh, and yeah, that's been an exploration for me, just that notice of how I used to do that. And then on the spiritual side, noticing how, yes, I just want the light and the love. Like what archetype am I putting in that meditative place as that you're kind of working towards? And it's like, yes, it's light and it's love. I'm not saying, oh, I really want to embrace my shadow. Could you please bring me some of this difficult trauma locked up inside me? I really want some of that. It's like, no, actually I want light and love. So I'm still curious in my exploration about, you know, it's useful. It's useful to have some sort of destination, be it whatever these energies are. It's useful to call out. If you're, if you're asking for help, if you're calling on friends, like call on the nice ones, don't call up your asshole friends who are going to come over and make fun of you when you're down, you call up your nice friend. And in a way the energies you connect to, it's similar to that. But, uh, yeah, I'm still exploring just what it means to actually embrace the shadow, you know, um, yeah, do that work because it comes up and then I'm like, oh, I'm, this is that stuff I'm not supposed to turn away from now. I'm supposed to, what's that word? Integrate. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I'm supposed to integrate this energy. Uh, okay, what do I do? I feel sometimes it's just like, uh, yeah, that's the, you're, you're hitting the nail on the head. That's everybody's work and everyone. There's not a one size fit all. Like people have to find their style. Like for me, it's my daily stomp and cry, you know, and I just go for my daily stomp and cry in nature. And, you know, what I do is the first half hour, I'm kind of just scanning my energy and my mind, what's bothering me lately, what memories am I having, what's coming up to the surface, and I just let myself kind of stop. And you're just kicking over stumps, <laughs> fuck, 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 fuck. I'm just kind of crying and just kind of like, oh, that one hurt and that one's a little hard and that one's bothering me. Look out, ants on the path. Ruth is coming. You guys are toast. Yes. Stop, 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 stop. Yes. If you see me on the trail, just my face is red and I've been crying. I'm all good. I'm just doing my stomp and cry. And then I kind of half an hour after, you know, in, I just kind of, okay, that's enough. Because you got to watch where you kind of like, you know, just go into self-pity, you know? It's like, okay, we're good. And then it's just like into meditation. Then you just kind of breathe and you just kind of let everything, you know, go through. And so it's like balancing both out, like giving space for things to like come to the surface, to feel it, to notice it's bothering you. And then a little self-discipline, like, okay, that's enough. Now look at the trees, now breathe, come back to the moment. And so that flexibility, like the ability to do both, not just be stuck in one or the other. I don't know. That's my approach. I've been playing with this, with the concepts of the inner child lately. And I, I always kind of dismissed it. I would hear this thing. Oh yeah, it's just your inner child. It's like, oh, it's fucking crap. Inner child. I don't have an inner child. And then just looking at the, the whiny part of myself that's unsatisfied or it's in a pissy mood or it's, you know, just insulting somebody and taking them down in your head. And just to look at it as sort of like this underdeveloped kind of young kind of part of me. It's just, it's just a child. And then, and, and then rather than trying to get rid of it or chastise it or want to discipline it, or it's just like, it's just compassion. It's like the same way you kind of deal with your kids, just a young child. It's like, they don't know what they're doing. They're having a temper tantrum. They're having a bad day. They're kind of freaking out. It's just, it's just kind of like love and compassion 
towards it. And what, and I find there's just that awareness. It just kind of goes there. It doesn't just, it doesn't need to go anywhere else. It's just like, it just gets to that place and, oh, you're having a bad day or whatever it is. And I would say it's magic, but yeah, it's a new exploration. Just those ideas of that realization, inner children, inner tyrants, inner, you know, dictators. Uh, Bonta Gunaratana, the Sri Lankan monk who, you know, I think wrote the book I like most on meditation. He wrote a book called Mindfulness in Plain English, and he just calls it shining the fiery light of awareness, you know, and that that does the whole thing. Like you just keep shining the fiery light of awareness on everything that is coming up. And, the you know, like a lot of this spiritual meditation work, the instructions are simple and the application is very difficult. And what I've been saying to students and clients lately is just like, this human system is very complex, right? So the strategies need to be simple. We don't need to apply very complex strategies to a complex system. Oh, holy shit, man. My head is just like, I've spent my whole life spinning stuff in there. And I don't, yes, I find that same. I don't need another concept. I don't need another belief system and here's the da, 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 da. I had a friend recently hand me this book she says oh this 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 guru guy I'm like really into his work man I really think you'd like it and it was this big thick book where it's like just made all these definitions and descriptions about different personality types I was like whoa I don't I, I don't need any more of that I've spent 50 years of my life thinking about shit and there is some relief in not doing that and just letting things be what they are without a definition, without a concept, without, whoa. Yeah. So even on the spiritual bypass level, or even on the level of how will this old stuff clear? How will the inner child heal? How will I get over that death? How will I you know, being able to apply things like trust and surrender. And we haven't even talked about divine timing, like being able to actually like apply these beliefs, like, and it's a little bit of just pep talk to yourself. Like it's a little bit of just you're spinning. I don't know how this is going to work out. This is really scaring me. And you just kind of go, okay, just, just remember to trust. Just remember things happen in divine timing. I don't have to do this fearful, egoic approach right now. I, there's a big momentum to do it. But it doesn't mean you have to do it. Damn, is there a lot of habit as well? I think that's the, if we are going off into the new humanity, evolve into fourth density humans, the new earth and all this thing they talk about, hopefully the freaking education system is going to have a bit of an overhaul and an improvement. And we're going to teach kids at a younger age, you know, this stuff that we're figuring out later in life. Why the fuck wasn't somebody telling me this in kindergarten what the most but no we're trained to think and trained to use the thinking mind and here's mental concepts and you just have to mentally apply this to the world you just got to think about it and thinking in the mental energy and all those strategies that's what separates us from the lower animals mankind can think and just that sort of thing and it's not useless but damn, there are better tricks out there that we can we can learn. Yeah, I keep just saying it's like really out of proportion. Like, I, I don't know if this makes any sense. I've been like thinking about it like a computer. So, you know, on your computer, you could go on Google or you could go on Word or you could go on Excel. Like there's all these different things you could do with your computer, you know? You have a super fun computer. You don't have any video games? You don't have like... You got- <laughs> You don't have to go on like, yeah, we're not going to Grand Theft Auto. No, it's like, oh, Word or Excel. There's a whole new world out there. Just okay, saying, I'm, I'm fun. Well, I'll give you, I'll, I'll show you around. That's true. I shouldn't use computer analogies. I don't know anything about it. Wow, Excel, super fun. It's party down with Ruth. Right. But so it's just like, you know, we just, well, let's just use Excel. It's like, we're just like, it's like, it's like if the egoic mind works out, we're trying to use Excel to do everything, you know? And so this system, this human system, super complex. We have mind, but we also have smell and we have hearing and we have seeing and we have touch and we have energy. Like there's so many, we have intuition, we have soul, we have like, there's so many things going on. 
And then we're just applying egoic mind to everything and then going, why is it failing? Why am I depressed? Why are my relationships good? Why did it? It's like, it's the wrong application. And it's like what you're saying, we're, we're just taught, no, use egoic mind. And it's like, I don't understand why my life's not working wrong application. If you need to do things that egoic mind is good at, like making a grocery list or certain mathematical equations or certain things, great. But you want to do things like, you know, just be closer in your relationships or clear old issues or... Not be fearful, just uh, be alive, not be anxious, not be fearful, just embrace things exactly as they are. You know, I used to an analogy a lot of just like being in a traffic jam. You can be in a traffic jam. You can scream and yell, fuck, fuck, fuck. When you can't believe these cars aren't fucking moving. Or you can throw on some tunes. Just kick back. You're not going anywhere. You're still not moving. You're still not going anywhere. It's just that embracing of things. But, oh, man, do I know egoic mind. Even what I'm noticing is how layered egoic mind is and how strong and really good at its job it is is even as i've done years now of kind of going through different meditations and exploring different lineages and it's like oh they tell you something it's like oh yeah that makes perfect sense i just got to get into my heart got to get out of my mind no problem how easy is that and it's just layers there's layers there's layers and you think you kind of got it. it's like holy shit i'm not even really close there's layers there's layers of to this to this trip and lately i've just been kind of embracing it rather than trying to fight and liberate myself and thinking egoic mind was this thing that i had to get away from and um now if we think about like some of like a lot of these teachings that we've been dealing with for the past thousands of years, the Buddhist and the yogic teachings, they really talk about like liberating yourself. There was this idea of awakening and enlightenment and you get away from the wheel of samsara and you are going to, um, yeah, you're going to, it's escape. It's, it's liberation from it. And lately I've just like, it's just there. It's a voice. It's energy. Use it when, it needs to be used. And even if it is beacon off all the time, I just kind of, there's some surrender there too, and some compassion and even some joy for it. It's like, oh, that's cool. Look, I just thought I was supposed to be meditating and I just sat there for 17 minutes and I was thinking about the basketball playoffs, you know? And it's just like, wow, that's, that's kind of cool. Like this thing, this, this layered thing called being a human is just, yeah, it never, never doesn't amaze. Yeah. I think I really thought that that liberation or that awakening, that everything was just going to be silent. Like, I just kind of thought like you would awaken and it would just be silent all the time. And I think I was just trying now, to like be chirping birds and there would be like angel harps kind of going and there'd just be like the sound of like leaves kind of fluttering and whatever sound clouds make. It's the sound of clouds. I think I thought it was going to just be like a white noise machine or something. Just like, I'm not oh, that's sure. Super pleasant. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. And what I've, I don't want to say that I, what I find now in my life is it's, it's the opposite. It's just so rich. Like that this experience is so rich with experience all the time. And instead it just feels like I have more strength. Like I just feel like I have more strength and stability just to be with all of it all the time and not be, I'm not saying I'm never triggered by it, but like triggered by it a lot less. Just be like, ooh, this moment's really full. And you can just kind of be with a very full moment instead of just being like, Oh my God, I'm so overwhelmed by this very full moment. I'm reminded sometimes about being in India where, um, coming from Northern Canada and living in like relatively small place that is clean and there's wilderness and there's not a lot of people and it's not loud. And, um, and India just being opposite land to that, but it, first kind of being a little freaked out and then it's just like no it's just full surrender and just like by the end of my last trip there of three months i just daily i would just walk through the chaos with this smile on my face and it's just like oh my god this is just 
freaking craziness everywhere you turn and life and vibrancy and color and sounds and smells and everything. And I just remember just peacefully kind of like walking through it and, and just really like the joy of just appreciating it. And that, yeah, now that you mentioned it, there's a bit of that with my own experience in my own mind. It's chaos and it's junk and it thinks of dumb shit just hour after hour uh, as I'm awake and even when I'm asleep, but it's just that embracing it. This, this is just kind of what, whatever this reality is, this 3d reality, this human experience here, have a body and have an ego mind kind of in there. And this thing's never going to freaking shut up. There you go. Have fun. And, uh, yeah, there's, there's amazing, yeah, there's amazing beauty to that as well to kind of appreciate. It kind of eases it. It just eases. It's a bit of a balm, you know, that just kind of like, yeah, skin cream, the itchy rash of it all just helps it kind of, ah. I think it's a real game changer on any like person's spiritual quest where you kind of realize, oh, I'm not trying to manipulate it. I'm not trying to change it. People get so frustrated, you know. I just, I want it all to go away. You know, why hasn't it gone away? I must be failing at my spiritual practice. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. That, that is, you see people get stuck on that. Totally. And when really, if we use the word surrender, we're talking about letting go of control and you kind of let go and go like, that's a beautiful description. You just had like, just going through the chaos with a smile on your face and you just go, oh, I can let all this stuff be. I can just kind of let it all be and kind of surrender to it. But you do need to get that little trick of neutral awareness, like get that little trick of when you remember the time your brother, you know, kicked you, you don't like get all worked up again. And when you remember whatever happened, you don't get all worked up again, like neutral awareness, it all comes up. And we don't like just fly into a spin every time it comes up. And then we can make space and surrender to it. Yeah, you know, even lately I find that that comes up, this memory. It's like, oh, super embarrassing high school memory. And then I'm just amazed at like, wow, this is 35 years later. And it's still like front, and like the feelings that I, I just noticed is like, holy shit, like look at that ripple of sensations going through my body and I'm feeling sweaty or just how it's, how the memory of it can just bring that on after all this time. And, and sometimes I'm just like, wow, cool. Like what a cool life form am I, you know, my dog's not doing that or maybe my dog is, you know, but it's not, it's not not 35, but who knows? Anyways, it's just the embracing of the kind of the magic that kind of goes along with this as well. Um, Spending time with Muji was was good and people, he's got a wonderful thing where it's satsang and people get up and they ask the questions, but the people again and again and again saying, oh, help me, Guruji, help me release from this. I'm like, oh, I'm playing this stuff and this stuff when that's a hard one. That's just just a moment like compassion because we we feel like there's something to heal. We feel like there's a place to go. We feel like there's somewhere to get to. Yeah, you're talking about like the whole thing like we this is the whole process this is an opportunity it's providing these experiences we're describing these inner child experiences these memories these things that we call pains these things that we call problems i find the simplest way to kind of get them is to call them temporary phenomenon you know i'm using like buddhist terminology but like it just helps me remember that they're temporary and the place they start to cause us actual pain and suffering is when we forget they're temporary and we make them permanent. This is really a problem. This is always going to be a problem. And if we can just loosen and be like, this is a temporary experience that can come and can go. And we can, you know, relate to these experiences in a temporary way, not in a permanent way. When you asked about past lives, I mean, this is the challenge that for hundreds of lives, you've related to temporary phenomenon as permanent phenomenon and really like, you know, crushed it uh, into your energy system. And it seems like uh, these ascension energies that seem to be coming through um, have some like good oomph to like uproot that stuff and get it moving again. 
Oh, it's doing stuff. It's got an agenda and we don't even know. Like it's, it's kind of, it's kind of beyond it's, it's, I think of it sometimes it's like, it's adult energy and we're still kids, you know, like you, the adults come in and they tell you things or your teacher tells you some things at school, but you know, there's, there's agendas and other things kind of going on behind the scenes that you don't really get. And you're looking at it in that simple way. And that, that yes, it's taking us to places that it's going to take humanity in this evolutionary journey to places we don't. Yeah, we, we can't even really imagine it yet. What we when we when we get into our imagination, we imagine what we know from our three D experience of the last five, ten, fifty thousand years, and that we're going somewhere different now. And that's a it's a little unsettling, but hey, kids, it can also be fun. We have an energy body, you know. We started off talking about what it's like to be an energy healer and relate to energy bodies, and then. Turns out planet Earth has an energy body. Turns out. Well, we refer to her all the time as Mother Nature. And there's all this reference, I think, it's kind of people will refer to nature and, oh, nature does her own thing or nature has this power. But the level of that, I don't think we give enough credit. But I also think we can't imagine it. Like we cannot imagine the dimensions that exist with a, an, an energy being like a, an entire planet that houses an ecosystem like Earth. So yeah, that's next level. Well, it's back to egoic mind thinking it's in control. Egoic mind, egoic mind. Oh, you just think you're doing everything egoic mind. And then it's like, actually, you live on planet Earth. You're the same cells and same matter as Mother Earth. Mother Earth's energy body is shifting. And it's like, you know. You shifting too, boy. Exactly. And so I think that's been really, in our conversations, that's been what's most helpful to me. It's just like. Just to stop wondering, am I ascending? Am I not ascending? It's just like ascension energies are happening. Like it is on and it is affecting everyone and it's affecting everything. Ascension is in the house. (laughs) Yeah. And so back to needing the trust and surrender. Do we know where it's taking us? Yeah, but we never know where it's taking us. We always have ideas. You look at the history of humanity, it never knew where it was going. Never knew where it was going. It's always been the same. There's always been stories made up about the future, about where shit's going, and it's never ended up that way. And uh, yeah, this one's this one's gonna be even. So there's nothing the to do knows. but get a good hammock. <laughs> get used to lying, and I like the hammock, you know, because it reminded me of being in India and just like I kind of would just kind of like you know go out in the sea and float on my back and I was just kind of like feeling like the water was God and I was just surrendering you know and I was just floating like just to have that feeling of floating and the water's holding me and God or the divine or whatever is holding me you know and so then when I lie in the hammock I just kind of pretend that it's the water and just really like have that feeling of being held and surrendering to it God is your hammock. Now that's, that is another episode. Um, so you'll be back in the McNundia's podcast, I'm sure. Um, I was, that was chewy. That was meaty. There was a few things in there. That was like a good, good chewy piece of uh, stuff to uh, ponder. So thanks for stopping by. Yeah, thanks for having me. Oh yeah, and where can people... Um, they want to kind of maybe interact with the Ruth Lira scene. What can they uh, do? How do they find you? Yeah, RuthLira.com. All the info, what I have going on is on there. And you got a little Patreon thing going on. Doing uh, guided meditations yeah, on Saturday mornings, is it? We're meditating together on Saturday mornings. I got a few uh, courses on intuition and energy coming up in the fall. That is, you're mostly teaching online now, as, as everybody is. Everything's available on Zoom. The whole damn world. That's what the future is. That's the Ascension Matrix in action. We're just going into the artificial intelligence of Zoom. I am Zoom. All-knowing, all-seeing artificial intelligence. I see your face. I hear your voice. 
I know your facial expressions. Teach me. I am learning. I am Zoom. Yes, this episode of McNutty's podcast brought to you by Zoom All-Knowing, All-Seeing Artificial Intelligence coming soon to a solar system near you. If you want to connect, and I would always love to hear from you, McNuttiest is all you need to know. McNuttiest on Instagram or Facebook. Or if you want to send me a note with good old email, you can send it to yo, that's Y-O, yo, at McNuttiest.com. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Chris McNutt. We'll see you next time.